This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budget, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow, all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Head to NetSuite.com slash C-Suite for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Small Biz America. The Brain. Joining us on this segment is Daryl Urbanski. He's uh, an expert around all things marketing, uh, funnels, sales automation. Daryl, welcome to the program. Hey, thank you, Dave. I appreciate being here. Uh, It's an honor and a pleasure. Great to have you. Where are you joining us from? I am, right now, I am in Kingston, Ontario, Canada, and it is cold today. (laughs) Wow, wow. Okay, speaking to you from the southwest U.S., uh, we're going to see 80 degrees today. Sorry about that. Oh, anyway. (laughs) On to the the pertinent subjects of the uh, segment. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us. Look, you're a number one business-selling author, entrepreneur. You're a student of life. You've got a full roster of clientele. Talk to us about the focus right now in your business. What What are you working on? Oh, that's a great question. Um, right now, really, it's focused on like restructuring the business so I can scale and to just better suit my lifestyle. So right now, I'm really focused on training my team up. Uh, earlier in the year, it was a junior team. Now, I'd say they're an intermediate team. I'm working on mm-hmm. making them be an expert team so we can really crush through some of the goals and just structuring things a little bit better. And what I mean by that is... Um, I've, you know, predominantly in my business because I've been working for other people a lot. I've, I've been doing a lot of coaching and consulting, and that's where I've made a lot of my income. But it, the silly thing is that I get hired to come in and help companies generate hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars in some cases uh, with product sales. So this year it's been creating products of my own and doing some test launches. And now we've got a couple of things that are really big wins that people really seem to be happy with. And now it's, like I said, to structure it for better scale is I could never hit my income goals doing the coaching and consulting that I'm doing without taking equity and percent of what I'm helping my clients make, which I have arranged in some cases, but just for my own sake and wanting to grow my own business, um, now that's kind of where things are focused. So right now we're, we're launching and scaling up to six figures plus a month with information, product sales, courses, memberships, DVDs, audio programs, um, and then have a couple of business coaching groups. And then of course my, my virtual VP of marketing clients that I work very closely with on a weekly basis. So. Beautiful. It's a pretty broad palette for you. Um, you mentioned your um, team. So talk to us a little bit about the structure of your business. How have you structured it? I'm guessing this is either quasi-virtual or some virtual and some full-time. Or How does that look? Sure, sure, sure. Well, the whole team's virtual. I've got a uh, team. In, I got members in the States, members in Canada, members in Pakistan, India, the Philippines, El Salvador. So we've got a good team. I'd say it's about two-third paid, one per Uh, one-third interns Mm -hmm. and it's just uh, as far as the structure I'm not quite sure you mean on that but basically the way you want to have it is 
Um, right now what we're trying to get to is having a manager so you want a manager, a doer, and a checker and what I've done right now is I have almost every position not all but most doubled up on so I have two people so there's like a main person and then there's someone that's kind of in, tra in training but they're actually the checker they're to check the person doing the work's work and then if that person's unavailable they're there to do the work um, and then they have a manager and so we're just kind of yeah, just that. So yeah, we're just trying to yeah. get in that. And we're really focused on having the weekly one-on-one -on -one meetings and having um, – so we've got a – we call it our one-page strategic doc, and it's got our three- to five-year goal, one-year goal. And then every quarter, we update it with our quarterly our quarterly objectives, three to five quarterly rocks, quarterly goals to go after. And then so the managers, the project managers, their goal is meeting with the team for a weekly one-on-one -on -one is to make sure that the weekly goals are tied to the quarterly goals. And yep. that's where they're trying to help make the – you know where the rubber meets the road, make sure everyone's working in unison on a weekly basis towards kind of the quarterly goals, which are directly tied to the yearly goals, which are directly tied to the three to five year plan. Okay. So there's a couple different layers going on. Thank you for that. A couple different layers going on. Um, one is you mentioned offline that you're working uh, to help uh, six figure types of consultants uh, scale up as well. That's the sounds like it's core to the project you're working on now in terms of your own business. Talk to us a little bit about what you've uh, the process of uh, a client approaches you. Where do you start and, and where do you like to take them? What does the arc of the engagement look like in terms of what you do? You, you can tell you've interviewed people for a while. That's a good question. So, it, yeah, that's basically what I've done. So uh, information marketers, which is authors, coaches, consultants, anyone who's teaching, whether it's via an online course or an in-person workshop or a seminar or books or programs, if they're teaching in any capacity. They're an information marketer. And that's where I've had the biggest wins with my clients. Um, the biggest one to claim the fame is John Asaraf. I helped him generate over $3.5 million, $1.5 million of that he wouldn't have made without my help. Um, yep. I, mean, I know John. Yeah. I've interviewed him. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he's a great guy, done yep. a lot of wonderful things in the world, um, and it was great because he gave me an opportunity, and, um, you know, and it, yeah. for about, yeah, it worked out, it worked out great, I think, I wish, well, we won't go down that road, but for the most part, it was a phenomenal experience, and it was just great to be able to see what I was applying to small brick and mortar local businesses when applied to businesses that you can sell to anyone, you know, almost around the world. Yeah, um, yeah, more scalable, digital kind of world. Right, yeah. and that's where, like I mentioned now, like, I'm, like, thinking, looking at myself, what am I doing? Because I did that, you know, and even that campaign, <clears throat> even that campaign, the one and a half million I made them was an evergreen campaign. And that's mm -hmm. been going since I've left. And I've heard from people that are in the office that it's done over three and a half million now on its own, Beautiful, which is great. So, and then I've got other clients. I've helped them go from 20, 30,000 to six figures a month. So for me, the best client is their six figure business owner. They're some sort of author, coach, speaker, information marketer, of some sort, some sort of expert um, or teacher trainer. And they know they could hit the seven figure mark but they're just there's a lot of manual stuff going on in their business they wish they you know they just need help with structuring the business better and then taking advantage of all the automation tools that are out there um, and that's really kind of a sweet spot for me although the stuff that I do can apply to any business and you asked about that so the first part always starts with a diagnostic because prescription without diagnostic is malpractice 
So that's you know, <laughs> that's common in medicine. Yep. I don't know why it's not common anywhere else. So first thing we do is a deep dive diagnostic into your business. Mm-hmm. Uh, my most recent client just upgraded from three grand to seventy five hundred a month for coaching because we found one hundred ten thousand dollars in her business she didn't even know was there. Gotta um, love that. Gotta oh love yeah, it. she was super happy, and it was all profit because she's already paid her expenses, everything else. Yeah, it was all uh, straight to the bottom line. All straight to the bottom line. So we hired a girl to help with uh, getting that and bringing that back in house. <laughs> bringing that money back into her bank accounts and so that's been you know delegated and that's kind of running right now wow um, so first we'll start with a diagnostic and then I've done a lot of research and I'm very fortunate to have uh, just have a really phenomenal personal network. And so I've just, after studying a lot of successful businesses in that, I've discovered there's about 13, 14 campaigns that every business needs. And as an example, everyone knows that the vast majority of businesses need regulars to be successful, um, but no one has a plan to turn a first time buyer into a regular customer. So that's an example of a campaign you need to have in your business. So with a lot of people, like I say, we start with a deep dive diagnostic, we plug the major leaks and then we start looking at all right what have you got and what do you need you know do you have a lost customer follow-up sequence do you have like you know when you lose customers you're trying to figure out why and are you trying to get them back because that's valuable data and if you don't have that in place you know depending on what sort of volume you're 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 pumping out you know that could be a big win for you so then we start looking at all right what do you have what are you missing and then we you know it's just prioritize what's the most important thing to fix what's the most important thing to get installed and then we start looking to automate it and um and then we start moving into higher end stuff. So once we've got the diagnostic, we plugged any like bleeding neck problems and then we've kind of started to button things up. Then we really look at starting to keep your engagement up. And so there's something called RFM analysis, recency, frequency, monetary value. It's a really simple concept. You know, if you just went to your phone book and you wanted to go see a movie, uh, you could sc- scroll your phone book and you would see right away the friends most likely to say yes, right? You probably get right. scroll your phone book. You've got friends that were really good friends, but you haven't seen a movie with them in a while and so if you ask them you're not sure if they would say yes or no so it's the same thing in your customer database just because you have a thousand people who bought from you if that was over the last three years how many of those thousand people are still your customer you know they might have bought from you but if it was two years ago are they still really your customer not really so that's where we start into getting like engagement and and who is your real audience and who are your real customers and let's like let's invigorate and invite uh, revitalize that community and let's just focus on keeping everyone recent and present and engaged and just finding more more ways to give them value so that's kind of the process that we go through um and you know it's it's always an 80 20 principle because we'll do 10 things and we'll find two three things just get really big wins for our clients and the other stuff which is good to have done you know people are happier they mm-hmm. get better reviews they've got a better reputation because of it yeah um so yeah, yeah. there's a lot to unpack there if you're just joining us, we're visiting with Daryl Urbanski, the website www.bestbusinesscoach.ca, joining us from Canada, number one best-selling author, entrepreneur, student of life, martial artist, and a whole lot more. Daryl, uh, I don't like to get too deep a dive into the technical part of this, but people sort of are looking at um, automation products, marketing automation. Are In your world, are you... Um, agnostic to different platforms or do you have a couple that you tend to roll with and recommend highly oh that's a great question so um i'm loyal for the sake of my expertise just the sense of the tools and from the devil i know is better than the devil i don't know yeah. so yeah. you know i've got i've got like going on eight 
plus nine years of with Infusionsoft under my belt. Yes. A lot of the marketer, their marketers of the years are people I consider good friends. Um, a couple of them I talk to literally almost on a daily basis. <clears throat> so there's a lot with Infusionsoft that you can do that you can't do with other tools. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not the only one. And honestly, you know, it's a love-hate relationship in some instances because uh, they say one is the worst number in business. So I'm honestly always on the lookout for other tools, new and improved. And sure. so there's a few options. But right now, Infusionsoft for the auto, for the autoresponder component is the tool that I use. Um and it just depends what else you're doing. You know, are you webinars? Are you into, you know, video sales letters? Are you a phone salesperson? So there's a lot of different technical tools. But for the most part, you know, the name of the game is, and Drayton Bird said this best, the name of the game is to locate a prospect, to turn that prospect into a customer, and then to turn that customer into your friend. And the reason being is because everyone has friends for a reason, friends for a season, and friends for life. And when you're friends with someone for the reason of them paying you to provide coaching, training, education, or a service or a product to them, as long as you're friends with them, they will continue to come back to you for that. All things being equal, people want to do business with their friends. All things not so equal, people still want to do business with their friends. So it really is about doing that and building those relationships. And so, the, you know, whatever, whatever the tool is you're using, whether you're sending messages via carrier pigeons, it's about just finding people, building a relationship and finding a way to scale that. So, Email autoresponders are a great way to do that, to stay in touch. Um, video is a great way to do that if you can't be face-to-face in person. If you can't do that, audio is the next best thing. Um, you know, because your closest friends are the ones that you have kneecap to kneecap face-to-face conversations with on a regular basis. And if you can't do that, then everything else is just kind of like a regression from that. Next would be like webinars or, you know, doing things online together or having phone calls together. And then it's sending them a letter. You know, and then it's sending them an email. And so it's the same sort of progression with your quote unquote marketing material because that's what marketing is really about. It's about finding people, building relationships with them, and then just like getting them to believe that you can help them and that you want to help them because that's the that's probably the hugest obstacle between a lot of people and more sales is their customer clients either don't they don't know they exist and if they do know they exist, they don't believe that you can solve their problem. So that's a huge, huge, huge piece a lot of people are missing. Yes. Daryl, does the work you're doing with your team does it tend to concentrate around email and email marketing automation or do you get into direct mail or are there other channels sms etc how do you like to think about you know sort of the tools in the toolbox that might be outside of email Oh, that's great. Email is a big cornerstone, but we definitely don't only live there. We do, just today I was talking with a client about some voice broadcast stuff that we we're going to do, messages for if the person answers, messages for if it goes to voicemail. Um, oh, we yeah. do text messages and we do um, and we do direct uh, direct mail. But the, the, where people, the internet, so, all right. So internet marketing is just a buzz term. It's direct response marketing, and it's always been direct response marketing. It's just the internet is really easy to track everything, and so they call it internet marketing, but you're just tracking the results. How many clicks did you get? How many conversions did you get? How many sales do you get? Those are hard, tangible things. This all is like the the grandchild of direct mail. It's all from direct mail advertising that was results-oriented, tracked. Um, And so um, right now, the best method that we're using is to collect leads online and then to follow up with them via multi-channel. So once you you know you collect the info online because the internet is the most it's the least effective 
because there's so many distractions and there's so much noise. So it's the least effective media, but it's the most efficient media. And what I mean by that is you can target, if you're a prospect there, you know, five foot four blondes who are left-handed and only hop on their right leg, you can find them. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can find <laughs> I was them. looking for them lately. Yeah, uh, there they I wanted are. to mention that, by the way. You. Yeah. And you can't do that. Like, how are you going to do that with your local paper? How are you going to do that with your local radio station, with television? It's really hard that way. So it's, it's not trackable. efficient, but it's the least effective. It's just, it's really, the response rates are low compared to a lot of other media and other people have different opinions. But so right now what we like to do is collect online and then sift sort and screen people based on what they do engage with. So we use email and create kind of like a choose your own adventure back end with surveys and just stuff we send people. Oh, they didn't click on that. They must not be into audio content. Oh, they didn't click on that. They must not be interested in generating leads. Oh, you know, hey, they clicked on this. They must really be interested in that. So depending on how people engage and respond, we send them more of what they like. And then when we are going to spend more money for things like text and voice broadcast and, and direct mail, we make sure that it's got a purpose and that it's um, it's just not blind shooting. So, um, for example, one of the best things, anyone and everyone, it is so easy to automate postcard delivery in this day and age. It is so stupid simple. If you're not sending a postcard, like a thank you card to all your first time customers, th that alone, like that's just a really simple thing for most places in the world. It's going to cost you 30 cents to a dollar 50 and it'll it'll change the nature of the relationship right like my my mechanic my hairdresser my dry cleaner you know, you know when people are start referring to you as my coach my gym my 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 coach or at the gym my you know like when we start referring to you as my guy my friend my that's when you've got they're they're going to stay with you for some time because the biggest reason why people change is indifference like if you had a guy come to your house to do plumbing work and he did great work and he just left and now two months later you have another plumbing problem well you uh, who is he? I don't really have his number again. Let's just grab someone else off Google. Right. 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 But I mean, if you mailed him a postcard or something like that and just, just even put him on like a once a month newsletter with top tips for keeping your plums, uh, your drains clean or whatever. Hey, you know, I heard somewhere that putting coffee grounds down your drain is really good because it's granular. Like just yeah, stupid yeah, tips yeah. like that. That's a great way that now that, Hey, we'll call that guy again. Yeah, it's a great example because, you know, plumbers are like the, the, the most brick and mortar you can get, the, the traditional business model. It does apply and it all goes back to this idea of direct response, the ability to track, uh, the ability to track behaviors. And this is fascinating. This is the first time I've ever heard anyone say it that way. The online marketing is the least effective, but the most efficient. That's quite fascinating. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No. Well, it's and it's the same thing. And Here's another easy, this is a really easy win, but the best yeah. marketing you can do is to your existing clients. Already I mentioned about sending a postcard. Well, that could be a postcard with a coupon on it or if you don't want a discount because there's some people that believe discounting trains people to be cheap, you know, cheaper customers, then offer them a bonus or something or and some sort of incentive to do business with you again. Send it to someone who's already given you money. You know, like they did, like again, they, they, they paid for your plumbing service. You send them a thank you postcard that's an automated thing and it includes some sort of bonus that they'll get, you know, next time they they call you or a discount for the next time they call you. Again, I try to stay away from discounts, but some sort of incentive like, hey, thank you for your business. I had a great time meeting you and your wife. Um, you know, hope you guys have no problems. If you do, give me a call and not only will I fix it, it'll come with a guarantee that, you know, I'll do it better than anyone else in town. Like just something silly like yeah, that. Like, yeah. Just, 
you know, and they're like, wow, this guy actually cares. He sent us a postcard. Wow. Now something happens again. We're going to call some unknown guy we don't know or that nice friendly man that came. Not only did he come and do a great job, but he mailed us a postcard and he promised he would do better work than anyone else the next time around. And, I, you know, that's a dollar fifty that you're going to spend that's going to ensure that that person will come back to you. Um, you mentioned that you don't like discounts. Talk about that. Unpack that a little bit for us. Oh, yeah. No, that's perfect. Um, so, well... <laughs> We have debates about this, but I had a very, feeling. That's why I. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, there's some very astute people. Here's the thing. I mean, you, what you marketing is about behavior, and so what I mean by that is, if you're going to sell whey protein, you can try to educate non-protein drink drinkers why they want to start drinking protein drinks, and take that long road to the sale. Or you can just find people who are already spending money on a regular basis on whey protein and get them to try yours and try and convert some of them over. And so behavior is a huge thing in marketing between easy wins and hard losses. And so one of the things with discounting is that you're training people to like try to get more out of you for less. And so it's almost like that. Like if you've ever been, uh, I don't really see a lot of guys do this. So I'm not trying to be sexist anyway, but I've just, it's happened a lot with girlfriends in the past where we've been out and they'll see something they want. And I'm like, oh, why don't you get it? They're like, no, no, I'll wait till it's on sale. Right. They don't buy it. Sure. And so if you discount all the time, you can train people to be like, well, I don't know. I don't really want it. I'll wait till it's on sale. I'll see. Maybe they'll do a discount on it. Maybe they'll do a promotion. You know, I just got this car bill. I want to save stuff versus just trying to make, just try to infect their greed glands by offering more. Hey, you know, usually we sell this for $49, but if you buy it today, not only do you get, you know, this, you're going to get this, this, and this, you know, a total of $200 value. Like they're like, oh, like the greed glands start to kick in. And then the, if they already want it, they'll buy it. So it's just the philosophy that it's better to try to do that than to offer the discount. Yes, to add value rather than sort of degrade the value that you already have there in order to entice people to come in because it's less. And I love this idea about you're training people, the behavioral piece. You're training them to respond. It's Pavlovian. Oh, I'll wait till it's on sale. That, 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 that way of thinking about it makes a lot of sense. Right, right. So, and it's not, I mean, the the other part of it is the sale is a really easy promotion to come up with. You already got the product, like all you got to do is put some words down on paper or in an email or on a web page or whatever, you know, and now you've got your promotion. Whereas to add more can take some more time, thought and work. Um, so also another thing that um, I'll add to this as well is as much as possible, we try to stay away from seasonal stuff and short-lived campaigns. And here's what I mean by that. So I had a friend, this is this is going back a bit, but um, not that long, like a year, but Black Friday, last Black Friday that came and went, um, I had a friend that she was she was really good friend. She was asking about this promotion she's trying to do for Black Friday, and I stopped and mm-hmm. I asked her, well, first, let's start at this. What's your income goal? And she's like, oh, I'd like to generate, you know, like $20,000 for this promotion. And then we sat down and we thought about it, and we're like, all right, so what are you going to sell for the Black Friday sale? And you're going to discount it, like, Black Friday style. So I'm like, how many of these, like, she needed, she was going to need something like 500 to 1,000 sales to hit her goal. And I was like, you know, and you've only got how long, like, how much of a window to do it? And I'm like, and you're doing all this energy, you're creating all this, these marketing pieces why don't you just make some sort of promotion that isn't like going to die after a calendar date that you can just continue to promote you know on an ongoing basis to new people as they come through the door or so you know what i mean like just something that you can because then you can get feedback and optimize it i mentioned before that the evergreen campaign i did for john i mean that's a campaign that it's it's it happens every saturday so that's you know on monday it's this saturday and so there is a deadline but it happens every saturday so if those people miss they have a chance to come the next saturday and that's yeah. mostly for paid advertising 
Um, so, and, and what, that's what I mean. Like that's something that then as more people go through and you survey them and you get feedback and you watch how they respond, you can make it better. And it just keeps getting better over time versus something that, you know, you did your Christmas sale and Christmas is now done. And now people are like, what am I going to do now? I, some businesses you need to do that in the seasonal stuff. And so for those ones, what I would encourage them to do is to just develop a portfolio of plug and play marketing campaigns. You know, every Halloween, you just pull out one of these two or three campaigns that you've done that worked really well. I mean, I got, you know, I talked to a lot of business owners who are like, oh, we did this two for one sale, like at a pizza store. And they're like, it worked great. But now we're like, what do we do now? And I'm like, well, if it worked really well, why don't you do that again? You know? <laughs> exactly. Like, just do it again. Just do it. I mean, that's one of the easiest ways to get money is if you have a promotion and it works do it again it won't work as well as the first time but you know it at least it's gonna work um, yeah you've already proved it out and you spend energy on creating right, it you don't have right. to continually create new right or put it you know on the back burner let mm -hmm. it cool off for a little bit and mm -hmm. then pull it out in three months yeah and you just develop a portfolio of these things yeah. and i mean it's just it's i just had a conversation with a buddy yesterday he's getting into the online and he's uh online world he's been an offline business owner for forever yeah and now he's doing carpet cleaning and, and we talked about this and I told him that, you know, he needs for this venture he's trying to do. I'm like, you got to get your ads down. He's like, you know what? That's so right. He's like, I've been doing that for like the last 10 years of carpet cleaning. It's like a side business. It's like whenever I need money, it's like I just throw my ads up and I get clients and he's like, and you know, and he's, it's just done. And so he just has proven marketing pieces for him that he knows when I put those up, my phone's going to ring. And he's just, you know, he makes the income he wants and he's happy and he's not looking to scale or grow. And he's, you know what I mean? He's looking to kind of do the opposite, but he's just got that security in his life. Like that's, that's awesome. You've got proven marketing campaigns, plug and play and away you go. And for a lot of people that don't realize that, that's often what you get when you join a franchise. Franchise is often a marketing headquarters in some city and then all the different satellite locations. And when you become a franchise owner, they give you the training manual on how to operate the store. And then every month you get a package of marketing material or they just take care of it for you. And, you know, and all they do is they do their testing for marketing campaigns. Hey, that campaign works. They just peel and stick everyone's phone number and address and they send it out to all their locations. That's, uh, in a nutshell, that is often what a franchise is. And that's why their success rate is so high is because, uh, or, you know, generally speaking, 80 to 90% of new businesses fail, 80 to 90% of franchises succeed. And it's because often the business quote unquote business owner, they're just learning how to manage the store location and the headquarters takes care of the marketing for them and just gives right. them, Hey, these, you know, show these ads, you'll get phone, your phone will ring. Yeah. They know what works and they can just, yeah, basically, uh, pre prescribe what right. will work from their right. experience and they've got some muscle and they've got capital to put behind that campaign while right. the uh, franchisee is more or less buying themselves a job to some extent or they're operating it under a format that's uh, also pre-described beautiful right. stuff. Yeah. And I mean, there's nothing that's wrong with that. I got some buddies that have a subway. They've got, they got an, you know, their family got into subway. They've got like four or five locations now and they're doing like, I think they're doing 60 to 80 net a month, like 60, 80,000 net a month. Yeah. They're a manager. But sixty eighty net. It's real money. It's yeah, real money. Like, hey, at the end of the day, like, and that's a so that's a very different conversation. But I I really do understand. You know, the the idea of the centralized marketing. Look, they've been in multi regions. Subway is you know a great example. They've been everywhere. It's like McDonald's or any of the very very large that then they bring them down to a street localized business level, uh, and now you've got a person in that community running them, which also is a marketing uh, technique as well or a marketing method, uh, connecting with community. Great stuff. Daryl Urbanski. The website, www.bestbusinesscoach.ca. He's a number one business selling author. 
Let me do that again. He's a number one business-selling author, entrepreneur, student of life, martial artist, direct response, specialist, tribal marketer, and a whole lot more. Daryl, let's definitely do it again. I want to hear more from you. You're like a treasure trove of marketing insight. Thank you so much for joining us. Small Biz. Small Biz America. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.